Hello, my name is Becky Carlson, and I am the Fearless Coach, a platform and podcast talking about some of the toughest issues today in college athletics that realistically very few want to talk about. Hello, Fearless listeners. I'm Becky Carlson, the Fearless Coach, and it is so good to have you with us today for somewhat of a historic chat. While we have a great number of female coaches within our Fearless Network, we have very few administrators. However, of those few, we have even fewer who are willing to come forth. And our guest today is a female administrator within our network. Athletic Director Jamie Hoffman, formerly of Occidental College out of California, was willing to speak to us while her case is still pending. First, I can't tell you what kind of bravery this takes until you have lived in the shoes of someone who is willing to take this step. But more importantly, I want our listeners to know that we hear you, that there are so many more of you. And the only way that we change this pattern of ongoing mistreatment and discrimination within our athletic departments for fearless coaches and the very programs they advocate for is to talk about it. If we remain silent as a population, we remain an invisible one. And that is what the system is hoping for. Also, today's cast is brought to you by DocuSyst. Now, I want to introduce you to this. And coaches, have you ever scrolled through your text messages wanting to clean them up because you have player messages and other work-related info locked up in them? But then you realize you can't delete half of them because what's in there, you might need to save them. We all know that feeling because we work in a business that can be tough. But now there's a way for us as coaches to take back control of our program. It's this new software called DocuSyst. Now, what I love about this program is it lets you save everything in one spot. Emails, texts, social media posts, notes from a player or staff meetings, even create an athlete file. It was created by a former Division I head coach who, like us, has been in the hot seat. So the mission is to keep great coaches coaching and using your own documentation to be proactive in your program management. DocuSyst is affordable, it's easy to use, and it moves with you from school to school. So there's no more worrying about your school email inbox being cut off because it's all right at your fingertips. To learn more, go to DocuSyst.org. Just how much is protection in your profession worth to you? That's DocuSyst.org, D-O-C-U-S-S-I-S-T.org. And with this, my fearless listeners, I want to introduce you to former athletic director and my fearless friend, Jamie Hoffman. Jamie, I could not be happier to have you on the cast, and I recognize this is not easy to talk about, but I'm grateful to have you on. I want to make sure your story gets out there so you can just start off by telling us just a little bit about who you are and your background. I just want to take this opportunity to applaud the work of Becky Carlson and the title, The Fearless Coach, is so fitting because so many women in athletics have been silenced. By speaking out about our stories, you are making people aware that this is not okay, and I applaud you for that. Thanks, Jamie. So happy to have you on and for you to be part of the Fearless Network. But also, when you first reached out to me, I want to say that I could hear that determination in your voice to get your story out. And it had this this selfless tone with this raw kind of energy to it that you were ready to fight. So I'm just here to let you put the gloves on and I'll ring the bell. So take us through your story. When Oxy fired me, I was a veteran AD. I was a veteran AD in the conference. I served on external review committees at other schools. I served on conference and NCAA committees, even in the sport of football. By all accounts, 
in more than two decades, I've become an expert in my field. So 11 years in the business and you were fired. You now have a pending lawsuit. Can you tell me why you are willing to share your story about what went down at Occidental College, given the circumstances? Well, because the story I'm about to share is not just my story. It's the story of so many women at Oxy, those who are still there and those who have either been forced out or left because of this administration. And quite frankly, as you know, Becky, my story is consistent with women beyond Oxy and at many athletic departments across the nation. Oh, indeed it is. The details of your case, Jamie, are, were pretty awful. And given the number of cases that we see that go unpublished and are quieted each year with either settlements or just flat-out disappearance from the profession, it's so alarming because, for the most part, these stories go untold, and the ones that are told are relatively doubted or they go unbelieved. You really only see the high-profile cases in the news like Shannon Miller, Tracy Griesbaum, Michelle Joseph... Robin Sparks, Sylvia Hatchell, and you think these are just one-off disgruntled women when in fact they're simply the brave ones who could one, afford to fight their institutions in court, and or two, are willing to trudge through this quagmire of a system that has pretty telling patterns in how it treats women in athletic leadership, be it coaches and what we're finding now, female administrators. But I think for me, what is so hypocritical about all of this is that you have these institutions under the NCAA's purview who claim every single day that they're the pillars of, of empowerment for student athletes and they're mindful of fairness and equality and safety, yet your story and so many more are the exact opposite. These institutions do not want women empowered. They want control. This is, is to me, just swimming in hypocrisy. What's your, what's your take on that? Yes, Becky, this is hypocrisy at its best. In the interest of context, this is happening at one of the most liberal campuses in the country. This was not the Oxy that I signed up to represent. Oxy actually has good bones. I loved working there. I loved the faculty. Um, it's got a phenomenal faculty and a very dynamic student body. However, the administration is a big disappointment. In fact, they are the epitome of hypocrisy. They actively contradict the mission of the college. And if this is happening at one of the most liberal colleges in the country, then it can happen anywhere. Okay, so let's spell this out. I've actually read through the 63-page lawsuit, and it's, it's pretty gruesome. Occidental is obviously fighting this and believes it has a good cause to refute your claim. So in your words, can you summarize as best you can your story and why this lawsuit was filed to begin with? Okay, it's a 63-page lawsuit, but let me give it a go. I fired a football coach in 2012 after he repeatedly failed to adhere to college and NCAA policies. The president, Jonathan Beach, and his administration hung me out to dry. I was harassed, I made him aware of the harassment, and he did nothing. Every year since then, he wanted to drop the football program altogether. He let it flounder by failing to provide the resources necessary for success, despite my warning in 2014 that status quo is promise of further decline. So doing nothing is actually doing something. It's promising, it's guaranteeing our failure. In August of 2017, I warned him again that 21 football players had quit and that our roster was extremely low. 
Within several weeks after suffering injuries in our first game and in practices, we were canceling an upcoming game. I delivered the news of the, of the cancellation of the game to the team. Their response was swearing at me, mocking me, and harassing me. In fact, in leaving the meeting, the players were openly referring to me in gendered and homophobic derogatory terms. So Jamie, for me, as a coach, if my athletes were to act that way, I would expect maybe the team leadership, definitely the coaching staff, and other administrators in the room to step in. I mean, you were the athletic director. Did anyone come to your aid in this decision that was made based on safety concerns and and low roster? The coaches and vice presidents in the room did nothing to address the behavior for the 40-minute meeting. One of the VPs in the meeting referred to the behavior as mob-like. Even the head coach himself said he had been in tears over the hostility directed toward me and said that if he had 85 players, 20 would be suspended. After the meeting, an SUV filled with men drove by my college home yelling a derogatory gendered insult toward my house as my partner was saying goodbye to our babysitter. In fear of where the anger would go next, I reported the incident and gathered our family and left our home. Okay, so the next place I'm headed is how the parents responded to this and what kind of backlash you got from them for wanting to keep their son safe. The parents of the players responded in a similar fashion, writing an open letter to the Board of Trustees declaring me unfit to make decisions regarding football and making unnecessary references to my female partner. I made a decision to protect student-athletes and their parents wanted me fired. I made a decision to protect their sons. The outrage of the parents, alums, and students was nothing the administration was equipped to handle. The president, Jonathan Veach, again hung me out to dry. His administration failed to discipline the players nor investigate their behavior. Instead, he emboldened them by praising their character and resolve. The attacks on me only grew and his response was to silence and sideline me and cater to the wants of the players and parents. The players filed a Title IX anti-male bias complaint against me. And after weeks of harassment, with no response from the administrators, I went on a medical leave. My doctors ultimately determined that I could return to work with some accommodations to shield me from the harassment and hostility. Jonathan Veach responded by firing me, evicting me from my house and destroying my career. Okay, so the president saw that you required certain medical accommodations in order to return to work, which sounds quite similar to the requirement that coaches are under for their athletes. And for those of you not familiar, when an athlete is returned to play for, for mental health breaks or, or causes um, that, that anything mental health related that causes them to, to exit athletics for a short or extended period of time, the athletes can be given these accommodations in order to help them transition back into athletics. And what you see I find interesting is that we talk about mental health and welfare so much as some kind of priority within athletic departments, but the moment one of Occidental's own employees needed help, they got fired. This is the reality of college athletics. And Jamie, it wasn't that they couldn't accommodate you. It's that the medical diagnosis scared them. It fired a warning shot to Occidental's administration and its president's cabinet that they didn't do the right thing. And instead of asking how they could help, they showed you the door. 
To me, this is just another glaring example of the hypocrisy in college athletics. I mean, allegedly, it's supposed to be about welfare. And here you are making a decision for welfare and you're out of a job. This feels like warfare on student athlete welfare. Ultimately, what I hope the takeaway is, is that the lack of integrity within the Oxy administration and in other administrations throughout the country, in my situation, I gave the administration every chance to do the right thing. They failed to protect me as a gay woman. They failed to protect me from the harassment and hostility, and they silenced me, and that is certainly impacting my life. But by speaking out about it, I'm hoping that it raises awareness and positively impacts lives at Oxy and across athletic departments because this cannot continue to go on. The fact that the institution's facing a lawsuit and they've been put under the microscope a bit with all of the issues around football, you'd think that they would have gotten their act together and become compliant with Title IX. But even to this day, it's all lip service. They do nothing to fulfill their promises regarding the experience of female athletes on campus. If through my lawsuit, change can occur, even if only on one campus, if it can inspire change, then it will have been worth it. I hope that my case raises awareness on the issues surrounding women and athletics nationwide. Jamie, as a fearless coach and a leader in this community, I want to say thank you for your bravery, and I will continue to follow your case. And that wraps it up for this week's cast. I am Becky Carlson, the fearless coach, and until next time, be fearless.